Welcome to the Fairway Performance Podcast. My aim for this podcast is to have conversations or to record solo episodes like the one I'm doing today to help you improve your golf, your fitness, and your health. And I'm your host, Sean Dykoff. And on today's episode, what you can expect to learn or hear about or hear me talk about is the way that you can work around an injury to get back on the course safely or to work through an injury and continue to play while managing it and getting better or improving its state so that you can still play golf and obviously mitigate the injury and get better and and improve and, and fix it as you go through. So that's what we're going to get into in a sec. Firstly, two quick points that I've been mentioning the last few episodes. One is the Bali Golf Fitness Retreat. There are still spaces available for this. And if you jump on board nice and quick, then you can save yourself $200 by using the code BARLEYGOLF and booking yourself in that trip. Now, what you can expect on this trip is to spend a lot of time with me. We're going to play four rounds of golf at four different amazing golf courses through Bali. We are going to run a few different golf fitness workshops, so one on speed, one on building a program, another one on running through a TPI screening and how to assess and not guess where your weaknesses and limitations are so that you know how to build a golf fitness program for yourself by the end of the week that we spend together. Plus, there's one day in there where we go and do a cool tour around a little place called Ubud, which is up in the mountains in Bali, uh, and we see some cool things and and do some shopping up there. So uh, it should be a really fun trip. Hopefully, a lot of like-minded golfers are going to come up and and do that trip with me. And if you want to book yourself a spot, uh, you can click the link in the show notes here, take a look at the offerings and and what is involved. And um, if you have any questions, then please feel free to send me an email and ask, ask away. The second thing is the Fairway Performance uh, Golf Fitness app. You can get yourself a seven-day free trial of the app and jump on board to check out all the different programs I have within there. You can see what the hundreds of golfers around the world are following for their fitness and strength and speed training and all that stuff. Um, When you're in the app, you also have access to me. You can direct message me, and yes, it is me that replies to those messages once you're in there, and I'll chat through what program's going to work best for you, what equipment you have access to, and set you up on a program so that you are all good to go and know exactly what you're doing before you get started so that you can get the best results from the time that you spend in the gym, uh, and you can see those results show on the course by hitting it further, uh, shooting better scores. So that's all I'll say for those two little announcements. Now to today's topic, the uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is a couple of uh, common golf injuries and just the way that we see them present when uh, a golfer is getting them. And two of the the big ones and the easy ones to talk about that I get a lot of questions and and people writing to me about and asking about is uh, one is golfer's elbow and two is back pain and. There's a couple of different ways they can show up and two different types of injury that that we can see with that. And the first one is an acute injury. So that's where if you swing a club and during the swing you feel your back ping or you feel your elbow go or whatever it is, like there's a, um, you know, there's an instant or an acute incident where it actually happens and the the pain starts and the injury has occurred. Um that is the one that is less likely to happen for golfers. Although we have a, a sport where we're swinging fast and you know we could hit a tree root or all sorts of other things, that's the one that happens less frequently. The one that I see most frequently and is the other type of injury is down the overuse path. And that's where 
there can be a whole host of different factors that lead to someone getting an overuse injury. It can be um, poor movement patterns. It can be too much load, too much volume, all that type of stuff, um, which leads to just that thing being overused or a repetitive strain and just over and over and over that thing just gets worn down and eventually an, an injury occurs at that site or somewhere nearby um, because you've you know had something else compensating for the part that is... Um, that's being overused. Now, the the way that overuse injuries happen is I see people uh, do four things. They either um, do something too often, they do too much of it, they do it too heavy, or they do it too fast. So too much just means the um, like the amount in a session or too much volume in a session. Too often just means the frequency at which they do it, whether it's every day, every second day, whatever it might be. Uh, too heavy just means that the load is too heavy, so there's too much of it uh, given, given the time frames, etc. Um, or they do it too fast. So too fast can be um, like loading into it too quickly, so going from zero to 100 reps um, and then 200 reps and 300 reps and 400 reps, uh, so going too fast in that sense. Um, or if someone's trying to swing too fast and their body can't handle it because they can't decelerate, then you know that's the other way that something could happen too fast. So they're the four different ways that I see things occur. Now, with uh, something like golfer's elbow, the way that I see that happen is generally it occurs when someone has a significant increase in the volume of their playing of golf or training or load on the forearms and essentially what we see there is if someone goes from playing once a week or twice a week and they go away for a a boys trip or a girls trip or whatever it might be a a golfing trip we'll call it uh, and they play four times in four days so normally they play four times across 14 days but they've just played four times in four days and you know, they've probably diminished their golfing ability by the third and the fourth day because of tiredness and soreness and, and maybe just a little bit of mental and physical fatigue. So they might be having more shots during those rounds than what they normally would during a round of golf. So they've essentially doubled the volume and uh, the, the time has been reduced by two thirds. So this is too, uh, too much and uh, too fast. So they've increased the load too fast. So um, what do I recommend for golfers at this stage? And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about it later as well, but um, it just comes down to load management. So if I'm talking to a client who isn't used to playing that frequency of golf and they're going to significantly increase it or they've never done golf trips like this before, the first thing that I'll suggest to them is before they go away to play the same amount of golf that they normally do, but to get their golf club and go into the backyard or the front yard or whatever it might be, and for the first week, go out there and hit 50 chip shots every day. Then the second week, go out and hit some longer irons or hit like a, some wedges into a net if they can. Um, 50, 7,500 balls, that type of thing. Um, so not a full swing and full pace at it, but we're just slowly increasing the volume. And then, you know, two weeks out or three weeks out from the trip, starting to increase that 
to you know 50 to 100 swings and hitting a mix of drivers and everything else so they're starting to build up the frequency and the volume so that it's not a sudden shock when they actually go and play all those days while they're away and it might not seem like that much because golf doesn't feel like that much when we're doing it but if you think about it if you're a a 15 handicap golfer which is a, a pretty uh, average handicap, I believe, for a lot of people listening to this. There'll be some who are much better and, and some who um, aren't quite as good. But if we're looking at someone who shoots like, you know, in the mid 80s each round, there's probably, uh, like, you're probably having around 30 putts. Uh, so you're hitting like 50, 55 shots, probably as not, almost as hard as you can. Uh, there might be a few chip shots in there. Um, you know, a few bunker shots where you're having to actually swing really hard through the ball. So there's a lot of, like you're putting a lot of effort into a lot of swings. So if we can just increase that volume of doing it each day and and building the consistency each day before you go away, uh, you're going to notice a lot less instance or uh, chance of injury or percentage chance of injury. Uh, The next one um, for back pain, uh, I generally don't see it as something which like someone has a weak back. Generally, it's because another part of the body isn't performing well, and it then rests on the back to take up the slack for the the lack of you know rotation or strength or whatever it might be in some other part of the body. So, uh, this moves me to my second point, where it's really important to get a screening or to see a practitioner so that you can assess where your body is at and not just guess and try and fix it. Because often the sight of soreness or the sight of pain isn't always the place that needs to be worked on. Uh, So as an example for that is, you know, the lower back cops a lot of slack for, you know, being weak or, you know, undertrained or or not strong enough to handle the load for a golf swing. And I would say there's probably a very, very small percentage of golfers who don't actually have a strong enough back to handle the demands of the swing. It would be because there's another area in the body that is, weak and it is relying on the lower back uh, as a as a part of the back to do more work than what it is capable of doing and by repetitively doing that it is starting to wear down and you're starting to get an overuse injury and you know back pain starts to show up and it shows up in different ways and it can really cripple golfers uh, for some people if they um, keep doing it without actually changing fundamentally changing some of the things that they're doing so it's really important to yeah, assess and figure out what is causing that. So for some people, it might be really weak legs and they can't drive through the ground, so they have to rotate their, their torso and their upper body much harder than than what they need to for a swing uh, because the legs aren't coming into it and that puts a lot of pressure on the back. It might be because they're arching a certain way because they can't rotate far enough back or even into the downswing. Uh, and that puts some pressure on the back. So there's so many different ways that it's hard to just narrow down to just one specific way in which it can cause it. So assess it and don't guess it. Uh, The next thing, so my third point is uh, the way that we work through injury. So for something like golfer's elbow, the the best way, or I made an Instagram post about this a a while ago. I've, I've shared it once or twice since then. Uh, But the best way to work through something like golfer's elbow, which is a a flare-up of a a tendon and 
um, you know, some areas around the elbow which cause a lot of pain and, and can cause a lot of pain to grip a golf club or um, as soon as you start flexing your forearm to grip the club hard to swing it is when it starts to flare up the most. But the best way to stop that or to remove that is firstly to rest the area, so rest the affected area. So that means complete rest. So it could be taking a week off golf or a couple of weeks off, uh, having a good amount of rest. Uh, The next thing, once we've given it some rest and we start to notice the inflammation going down and there isn't as much pain there when we're doing other things like, you know, gripping something hard or turning, like grabbing something and then turning it, like if you're holding the the grip of a golf club and you hold the golf club, you know, as long as it can be in your hand and then you rotate your wrist side to side with the club head, you know, out as far as it can be from your hand. Um, If there's any pain there, then obviously that's, you know, not ideal. So wait until that the swelling and the inflammation goes down and, and there's less pain in that um, those movements. Uh, then we can start going into isometrics. So isometrics are where we're flexing and holding a certain position. So something really easy that you can do is if you hold your arm out in front of you, just uh, straight out in front of you, and let's say it's your right arm, you have your palm facing up and clenching your fist. So your uh, your knuckles are, are facing up or, or um, your palm is facing up with your hand clenched. And then from there, trying to bring your knuckles to touch your wrist. So really curling them up or uh, so we're curling our arm like it's a, like your wrist is doing a bicep curl. And what we want to do is push our other hand down against that. And that will really flare up our forearms and get our forearms working really hard. And if we hold that under tension, that's called an isometric hold. So what that does is multiple things. It'll uh, provide more blood flow to the area, which can provide more oxygenated blood to the area that's affected so that we can help with recovery. Uh, And secondly, it's a natural analgesic. So pumping blood into the area and flushing the... um, you know, flushing a bit of the soreness out or the uh, getting some movement and blood flow in the area warms the tissue up. And then when you start moving it, you, you'll get less pain there. So an isometric hold will provide a natural analgesic effect for something like golfer's elbow. Uh, and isometrics and holds and uh, slow eccentric lowering is what we want to start to do to start building up a little bit of strength in that. And then the third step is to load and rebuild. So it's to um, you know start doing exercises where we're doing eccentric and concentric or doing longer holds or heavier holds or uh, loading up the tissue more. So starting to do swings again and starting with 25 to maybe 50 swings a day of chipping and then doing that for maybe 5 to 7 or 10 days. If there's no pain there, then we start going to three-quarter wedges uh, and do that for 3 to 5 to 7 days, see if there's no pain there, and just slowly building the volume without pain so that we can then build the tissue to tolerate more than what it was capable of to begin with so that the chance of us injuring it again uh, becomes lower and we can play more golf and enjoy more golf without having to worry about injuring it again. Now, the next thing for something like back pain, uh, the best case or the best uh, thing to do is... Uh, obviously to rest it to begin with. So rest it until we can move away from pain or away from a pain which debilitates us from doing a certain thing or even starting to do any of the exercises that we need to do to get ourselves out of that pain. The next thing is we need to uh, strengthen the area and we can do that through multiple different exercises or holds or mobility or whatever it might be. 
uh, and we need to build the foundations for good movement patterns. So um, practicing things like deadlifts and picking things up off the ground and flexion extension of the spine. Um, I really love, and they're a very controversial movement, but Jefferson curls where we're flexing and extending the spine and it taking load through flexion and extension, which is very counterintuitive to what you would do in a normal deadlift where we're trying to not flex or extend the spine. But in a Jefferson curl, we're doing it with such low weight and a much lower volume so that our spine uh, and our muscles around our spine can build a little bit of strength going through flexion and extension. So when we do that, potentially during a golf swing, it doesn't you know, send us down onto the ground and, and our haunches because our back is in so much pain because it's having to do a lot of work. So that's what I mean by strengthening, teaching at the foundations and building a bit of tissue resilience there and tissue strength in our muscles, particularly in the erectors of our spine. Uh, and then the third step from there, once we've rested it, once we've strengthened it and built some good foundations, is to load and, and progress and rebuild from there. So it's then to go back to the sport and start doing what I said before, the half swings or chipping shots and then building up the volume and starting to do full swings and um, building and building and building so that we're building some uh, tissue resilience and, and everything else that I mentioned just before. Now, the last thing, so returning to course or, um, you know, having a bit of a load management strategy. Now, that just comes down to uh, if we're doing, so if we're talking about something like hypertrophy training and we're trying to uh, increase the load over time or increase the volume over time, then a really good way to do that, as suggested by uh, Dr. Andy Galpin, is to increase our total volume or total load each time by three to five percent. So that would be, you know, three sets of 10 this week, and then increasing it three percent uh, would be, you know, however many reps, and we're doing that across each of the sets, uh, or maybe five percent. Um, so we're increasing that amount of, uh, you know, th that amount of the sets and reps um, each week over week for a period of four to six weeks. Then we take a bit of a deload, so we rest the tissue, let it like fully adapt, recover and rebuild to a place where it is stronger, uh, or this is called super compensation. So essentially in sports science terms, we're like breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, breaking down. Then we provide a full uh, you know, spectrum of rest, like good sleep, good uh, hydration, nutrition, and rest. And we should build back to bigger and stronger than what we were when we started. So uh, hence the term super compensation. Uh, so this is what we need to do as we build load back into your golf game, essentially. Um, I'm not really talking about the gym sessions there. I just used that, that thing as an example just before as to a, a good amount of percentage to increase the volume by. Um, obviously, there's things that I talked about just before, like starting with chip shots and building to three-quarter shots, then hitting just short irons. So anything from like maybe a seven iron or an eight iron at the most down to your pitching wedge, sand wedge, gap wedge, all those things. Um, and then after a while, it's like hitting middle irons. So maybe hitting like a six, seven, eight, uh, or even a, um, a five, six, seven iron and we're just using those, and then we go to long irons and drivers, etc., and just slowly building the amount of swings that we're doing and the tempo and the difficulty and the effort that we're putting into those and just building and building and building over time without pain so that our tissues can handle the volume that we're going to subject it to when we actually go back to playing. Um, essentially, you, you always want to, no matter what you do, and especially with training, what we're trying to do 
is we're trying to build resilience in the body so that our body is capable of exceeding the demands of what the sport requires from us so that when we go and play the sport, we don't become injured. That's the end goal of training or one of the end goals of training. Obviously, the other one is to improve your performance and to be able to play better and hit it further and all that type of stuff. Um, but the I think the most important thing, especially if you're someone who's a little older, like 40 to 50 years old, and you're just getting started with this, the first thing you want to do is mitigate injury so you can play golf and enjoy it. And then we can start focusing on actually improving your performance and getting more out of your body. But in order to do that and start improving performance, we need to firstly mitigate uh, the risk of injury. And then once we've mitigated the risk of injury and you're not going to hurt yourself, then we can start working on, you know, how much faster can we tweak this beast to uh, to get the most from your golf game. So hopefully that's provided you with a bit of insight as to how I assess or look at injuries and just the things that can contribute to them. So the too much, too often, too heavy, too fast. Uh, then assessing exactly what is going on there. So figuring out whether it's your hips that aren't rotating, which is then causing you to lose posture in your swing, which means you are changing your spine angle, which means that your back is doing something that it doesn't need to be doing during your swing or because you can't rotate your torso. So that's what I mean when I say assess and don't guess. Figure out what is causing it and then go and attack that area and work on it so that it's no longer a weakness and it doesn't detract from other areas of the body that are having to compensate to make up for it and and thus getting injured in doing so. Uh, Then I talked about um, resting, isometrics, loading, rebuilding for things like golfer's elbow and a little strategy for back pain also. And then just a little bit about load management and how you can uh, work to manage the load that you're putting into the body and rebuilding that slowly over time so that you can get back to golf and play it injury free and enjoy it for, for longer into the later years of your life. So hopefully that's helped you out guys. If any questions have come up because of this episode, please feel free to email me, Sean, S-H-A-U-N at fairweightperformance.com or you can reach me on Instagram at Sean, S-H-A-U-N, full stop, Dyakoff, D-I-A-C-H-K-O-F-F. And I'm always very active on there. Um, actually, when you're listening to this episode, I'm recording this one uh, a couple of weeks before it's actually coming out uh, because I'm going to be on the Everest Base Camp trek with my mum as we speak. So I might actually be at Everest Base Camp as you listen to this because it's a, a couple of weeks into my trip when you'll hear it. So um, I'll uh, I'll be back, back in a little while and, and I'll be able to answer all those emails and questions if, if they do come through. Um, until next week, guys, play good golf, enjoy your time out on the course, and I'll speak to you all again soon.